For decades now, the left has said there can be no connection in between religion and politics. You need to keep it out of schools, you need to keep politics out of churches, and on and on. And any time that there is any connection, they gnash in their teeth and, and wail about it. But is there really a wall of separation, and do they even abide by their own rules? We'll look at a little bit of that today. Welcome to Church Public. I'm Matt Odegaard. Well, again, welcome back to Church Public. I'm really glad that you joined me here today. We have a lot going on in the nation, around the world, and I want to help you make sense of what in the world is really going on. And really, it's how can you, as a regular believer, as a normal person, live in this world and make sense of it? Uh, according to biblical principles. And that has become, I think, increasingly more difficult. And really what it has shown is that we don't really understand what we believe. We don't really understand who we are as followers and how we're supposed to live in this life. And I think part of that, honestly, if we really take an introspective look, is that as churches, we've done a rather poor job leading through some of these really hot issues, divisive issues, and to say it outright, political issues. And we'll talk more about that in a moment. But if you are here, thank you. If you're listening on audio, thank you. If you want to watch on video, you can check that out as well at churchpublic.com. I really appreciate the support. And you can go to any of the podcast places if, uh, if you haven't subscribed or liked or give a review. I really appreciate that. And it really does help me. And of course, you can check out at Church Public on any of the social media sites. So Back to the left. The left has continuously claimed that churches are just recruitment centers for Republicans and even Christian nationalists or white nationalists or who knows. I mean, it just keeps going on and on. And the churches are bad, essentially, according to the left, according to current politicians. And to those that are actually in some of these churches, we know that this is not actually the case for the majority of people. Sure, there are bad people. But there are bad people everywhere and in everything. That's just the reality of it. But most normal people in churches are just really nice and normal people. Um, What we're talking about, though, is how are you able to speak about certain issues? And the reality is, this is a little bit behind the scenes. You may or may not know some of this. You may, but if you are a 501c3, which is a nonprofit church, The law says you cannot, it forbids openly campaigning for a candidate. You're not allowed to do that. Now, personally, I don't really think this is constitutional, and I actually don't think it is biblical either. And this is a longer conversation that we'll get into at a later date. This separation of church and state, going back to this letter that Jefferson wrote um, that said we need to create a wall of separation in between the government and the churches, and really, if you read the letter, again, I don't want to get into this fully today, but just as a, as a brief summary, his letter is saying he wants to keep the government out of church, not the church out of government. Uh, in, in, in fact, we're going to look at some other, other pieces in, in just a little bit of that. But the reality is there may be a constitutional case that you can, and, and then I would say a biblical case, that you should talk about things that are in culture because, uh, I'll just go theological for a moment, We are given the responsibility and the task of living in culture and dealing with culture and figuring out how to spread the good news of Jesus to the culture. So at some level, we have to understand what is going on. Um, And we have to 
speak into this. And I think, again, one of the big problems that we've done, at least in the last several decades, if not longer, is pastors have been afraid. Our, our churches have been called out of touch. And I think pastors have been afraid of government or afraid of losing IRS status or something and have not called out cultural things that need to be talked about from the leaders of the church. And this makes all biblical sense. For instance, if a candidate says abortion is a right up until or even right after birth, which several candidates have literally said, the church leader then should openly respond and say, in the church, this is unbiblical and you cannot hold a Christian value of human life and vote for such a candidate. Those things are inherently true and those two issues are inherently incompatible. And as church leaders, as pastors, as believers, we should be able to say these things without fear of some kind of government reciprocity. And yet, that's this thing that we've been talking about on this channel. You can go back and listen to a lot of the messages at churchpublic.com where we are we are to submit to the government of this world that is commanded through a couple of different parts of Romans and other places and Jesus himself saying, give to Caesar what is Caesar's. However, we'll take Jesus' example, give to Caesar what is Caesar's, but give to God what is God's. We must go on and remain, make sure we understand that the ultimate authority is God's and God sets up kings and deposes them as we read about in Proverbs and uh, some of the other places. Look at kings and the way that God sets up kings and, again, removes kings. Just the whole book of First and Second Kings. God is ultimately in charge and God does not allow anything that uh, is against his will in, in the world. Um, so we have to follow God first. And what does that mean? That means when the authority does not follow the biblical standards, we cannot follow the authority. Again, some things are just stylistic things. And on those things, you should default to the government because style is just style. But some things are mainline things like right to life, like worship. You should be able and have the freedom to worship. And our founders believed the same thing, which is why they wrote in to the very first amendment, we should have the free expression of worship. This is a very, very important value. And then lately, in this whole nonprofit status and IRS tax exemptions and all these other things, it seems to me that some pastors are more concerned with keeping the nonprofit status and not saying anything to offend the government or anyone rather than saying true things. And so I believe this has caused a lot of the disconnect that we have in between the current generations who are very disillusioned with the church writ large and the church itself. And this disconnect is really a problem. When you have the majority of people in America saying they are something like spiritual but not religious, they don't believe the church has value or authority in their lives. So back to this issue at hand, and we'll talk more about the larger issue in a moment. The left has declared that religion and politics can never mix. They can never mix. It's not appropriate to say anything political in church. And of course, you can't pray in schools, you can't candidate for office in church, etc. Here's the rub. According to the left, you can campaign in churches and should campaign in churches if it is the right side of the political spectrum. And in fact, I should say the left side of the political spectrum, but topic for another time. In this case, religion and politics on the left must mix. It is in fact a moral imperative 
that these mix. So you have Vice President Kamala Harris openly campaigning in around 300 churches via video for the governor's seat in Virginia. Let's take a look at this. Sang in the choir at Oakland's 23rd Avenue Church of God. We sang hymns about how faith combined with determination will see us through difficult times. This is an important election coming up on Tuesday, November 2nd, and early voting is already underway. I believe that my friend Terry McAuliffe is the leader Virginia needs at this moment. Terry McAuliffe has a long track record of getting things done for the people. So here we have the Vice President of the United States of America openly campaigning in churches for a governor's seat in Virginia, which according to how I read the IRS 501c3 regulations, that is forbidden. You cannot do that according to the relations. Do you think that the IRS is going to be contacting her or these 300 churches? I doubt it. So is this another example of rules for thee but not for me? Yeah, probably. But the reality is, like, nothing is going to happen. And this this is the thing. This is the weird double standard. And, I, and I've reported uh, over the past couple of months several 501c3 organizations that were denied some kind of registration or or other things for their overt political bias, as was represented by the IRS. And of course, all of these are in the Republic direction, all of them. So the IRS is not going to check on these left-leaning issues because the IRS, presumably, or according to their actions, condone these things. So this vice president of the United States of America openly calling for church members to vote for a specific gubernatorial candidate is apparently okay. And in fact, it's more than okay. Again, it the things of this culture are more and more are not just things. They're not just issues. These are moral imperatives. And you see that. You have a moral imperative to act in a certain way. Uh, we've, saw, we've seen this over and over throughout various facets of culture, especially in the last year or a few. So religion, in this instance, is apparently good when it is aligned with the leftist party. But religion is inherently and morally evil when it is aligned with the state. And I would propose the best actual solution here is probably to deregulate this IRS code, to deregulate churches and allow them to talk about whatever political thing they want. I think that's actually the most constitutional thing. I think there's a great constitutional case for that. I think it's the most biblical thing where... Again, pastors should be allowed to say whatever they really want to say um, in regards to the culture. And then the church members have the opportunity to uh, choose to stay, choose not to stay, choose to listen, choose not to listen, to vote with their feet, essentially. Uh, I was even reading yesterday, as an aside, that Madison and Jefferson had church services in the House of Representatives chamber. Can you imagine if that happened today? Uh, if if anyone had or asked to have a church service in the House of Representatives chamber, I mean, there would be, again, weeping and gnashing of teeth. There would be wailing. There, there would be an unending news cycle because what a crazy idea to have a church service in the House of Representatives chamber. That is obviously not this wall of separation or whatever mythical thing that, again, in my opinion, constitutionally does not exist. But this is not even just one, but two former presidents of the United States did this very thing. Again, I'm trying to make the case, and hopefully you can see that this whole wall of separation deal is not a thing. 
If you go back to the founding, and I've gone through this, and I won't go through it again to the extent that I have in the past, but if you go back to the founding, and you go back to the constitutional conventions, and you go back to those that signed the Declaration of Independence, and those that wrote the Constitution and the Articles of Confederation, often, if not if not most of the time, they spent their time in prayer before. They brought pastors in to help them focus and figure out what they needed to do, how they needed to write these documents. Um, and parts of the Constitution were, were, were put into sermons and presented in different churches. This actually happened. You can go back and read some of the sermons. And yet... We're now told to believe that church and religion have no connection at all. And in fact, cannot have any connection at all. However, unless, of course, it's on this side of the left, in which case there's a moral imperative. You must bring the vice president of the United States of America into churches to help you know which way to vote. Again, if there were no double standards, there'd be no no standards at all. But but this is this is the issue, and, and we have to speak on these things. Again, I think you should just remove all the standards and let pastors talk about whatever they want to talk about. I think that's the way to go. But obviously, that doesn't appear to, is going to happen anytime soon. Churches should have the same free speech rights as any other institution in the United States, and I believe that actually has a strong constitutional case to be made for that. But of course, it won't. And this double standard and these rules seem to apply in only one direction in politics. And this is the problem. And, and the, all I want to say here is I, I'm not sure how or even if we can fix this at this point. I, I really don't know. I really don't know. I think we're so far gone past where the founders had us originally and where we would base our self-government on the, the biblical ideals of, of following after God and the biblical self-government that... I'm going to make myself better by following after God and instilling these values and morals in myself. And that is going to, again, rising tide raises all ships. That's going to allow me to self-govern and to govern my family and to govern in my community and to govern in my church. And that is going to allow me to govern at the local and state and federal level. We are so far beyond that where the politicians now are more interested in governing you it is not about them governing themselves. Clearly, they're going to do whatever they want to do. And you, like, whatever the rules are that they made, they don't have to follow. We see that again and again and again. And in that type of governance, you will not have a moral, like, reality or, or, or moral good. You can't. Because if someone cannot live up to their own moral values, then they cannot possibly govern everyone else with moral values. That's just common sense, not even hypocrisy. It's just common sense. So all I will say here is pastors, Christians, followers of Jesus, don't just sit there and avoid the issues. Don't pro propitiate this whole thing. Don't, don't move this forward, but rather get in the game. Don't avoid the big issues of the day because you're scared of losing funding or anything else. Just get in the game. Don't be scared of the government coming to shut down your churches. Just get in the game. Run the race that you may obtain the prize. Don't quit. Don't coast. Don't give up. 1 Corinthians 9.24 and following. 
The truth is there are bad actors in government already trying to shut you down. We've seen this all over the Western world. We've seen it in America. And if you don't prepare and stand up now, when they come, you will not be ready and you will be caught off guard. So be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. First Peter 5, 8. How are you going to live? That is really the point that I wanted to make. I wanted to show you that. The left doesn't care about you. They don't care about your church. The rules that you're trying to follow in accordance with government have already been broken and they're going to continue to break them. So yes, follow the government in everything that you possibly can, but the overarching authority that you must follow is the authority of the kingdom of God, which is why I keep pointing you to stories like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in Daniel. Daniel himself in the book of Daniel. Esther, Rahab, Jesus, John the Baptist. I I could go on and on and on, but read some of these stories in the Bible and think about how when the government said a certain thing that was obviously against the kingdom of God, what did the followers of God do? And at what point do you say, in a peaceful way, of course, no, I cannot follow you into the abyss. I must follow God. This government will continue to push in on your religious freedom. They will continue to push in on your freedom of speech, your ability to say what you need to say. And those are really the big key freedoms here. If you cannot say what you need to say, if you cannot say anything then your religious freedom is infringed. If you cannot worship openly in the way you want, when you want, then your religious freedom is forbidden in some way. And we have to watch out for this. They are saying on the one hand, if they say it, it is good. If you say it, it is not good. This is the problem. And we are going to see this more and more and more as we move into this, I don't know what to say, lawless and unbiblical age. And so I just pray that you will continue to faithfully follow Jesus with all of your heart and all of your soul and all of your mind as the day comes nearer and nearer. God bless, and as always, keep the faith.